0: Gardens are incredible things, aren't they? Um, We have been married 17 years, and I think, is this our first garden? Second. Okay, I don't even remember the first one, Uh, but hopefully that went okay. I have a very terrible memory. That's why some of you need to fill out guest cards, because I don't have a chance, right? And even, where's Claire? Where's Claire? Claire, Claire's not even playing fair anymore. Claire brought her brother Nate um, last week, so then... Uh, she brought someone this week who is also her brother, who is not Nate. Yeah, and I already forgot his name. I'm like, Josh? and I know, right? I told him I would too, right? Uh, anyway, gardens are incredible things, aren't they? Uh, that we could put seeds in the ground or plants in the ground and just watch what happens. By the way, this is one of the reasons I love our church family. One of the things I love about it is that God has brought a diversity of generations and ages here right, from the kids who are playing tag before the service to the grandmas and grandpas who love watching the kids play tag and hope that the parents aren't going to get them in trouble, right? Um, but I, I just love what you see. This is a picture of a flower garden. This is more of like how we think about a, a produce garden. By the way, how many, of you, how many of you have a garden going right now of some sort? Okay. How many of you are waiting patiently for like those days to happen and the, and the vegetables to show up? We have a trip planned at the beginning of August, and I'm almost certain that all our vegetables are going to happen right on our trip. Um, but it's amazing to think about how a garden grows, that you put a, a dead seed, if you want to call it, in the ground, or, or you put a little planting in the ground, which is what we did for most of our garden. And then, then you don't expect it to just kind of like pop up and produce one tomato or one cucumber or one yellow squash or one whatever. But that it increases and it expands, and and all of a sudden, like our, our plants in our garden said they needed four feet of space. Who does that? My garden is like ten feet long. It's got like ten plants in it. They all got like one foot. I'm like, figure it out, right? Uh, and and they are. It's kind of a mess, but they're figuring it out. And they just they just increase, and all of a sudden it's full everywhere. And there are flowers, and there's leaves, and and, and then and then there's fruit because that's what living things do they grow and they increase listen to what God's word says about the news of Jesus the gospel the good news look at this in the verses we just read of this you have heard before in the word of truth the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world here it is it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. I don't always feel that way. I don't think we probably always feel that way in this valley, do we? That, that the good news of Jesus, that, that God had a plan before man sinned to save us from our sin by sending his only son to live perfectly and die and rise again and provide forgiveness to anyone who would believe. It doesn't always feel like that good news is increasing, does it? Do you ever feel defeated? Do you ever feel like one step forward, two steps back? Do you ever feel discouraged? We have green beans in our garden. We planted them from seeds. That's not very fulfilling. I'm all for planting things from plants right? Somebody else can do the seed work. But we planted them as seeds, unlike our squash and our cucumbers and our tomatoes that planted as plants. And then we waited. And do you know what? About 10 days in, two weeks in, we were like, we might've failed there. Should we dig them up? Should we replant them? What should we do? But you know what happened? A couple days after we were ready to quit, (laughs) a couple days after we were ready to dig up the seeds and plant something else there, these little green shoots came up through the ground and they started to grow. And now they're taken over along with everything else that's not spaced out properly. Right? And sometimes when we're talking about the good news of Jesus that we've, we've shared and has been preached and we've prayed for people, we just reach a place where we wonder if it's actually working. But here's what Colossians says. It's always working. You say, but I I just saw the census numbers that came out. I mean, our country is less and less religious. That is true. And the gospel is working. You say, what does that look like? Colossians tells us. First of all, it works on you. God's good news changes you. Look at verses 3-5. through We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. God is doing a work in you. This is the fruit of the gospel working in your life. When you know Jesus and you spend time in his word and you spend time around other Christians and your soul is encouraged, God produces fruit. Now listen, if you don't plant and water, right? If you're starving your soul, then your fruit will look like a garden that's starved. But as you feed your life, God produces fruit. He produces faith in you. He brings you to faith, and then he grows it. I mean, often our faith look grows like the disciples, doesn't it? It's slow, it's halting, sometimes it's completely missing, but God, or sometimes we're completely missing it, but God is growing it. How many of you would say my faith was tested in the last year and a half in some way? I know mine was. It pushed me, it was hard. What's happened in, maybe personally or globally or health-wise or financially or business-wise, like, my faith was tested. I'm a planner. Boy, the last year and a half has been a mess. It felt like everything that we planned as pastors, I'll never forget like the day that we tore this auditorium down and tried to figure out what live streaming was. Like for a group of relatively young guys, we were not in a good place. So we're trying to figure it out. And then it was like every two weeks or every month, things were changing. And here I am, and I'm like, God, I can trust you as long as there's a good plan. As long as we can work it out. That's the level of my faith. And God is like, let me teach you to be flexible. I'm like, no, not a fan. Please, no. (laughs) And then God was like, 2020 for you. And God was building my faith. And He was teaching me how to trust Him when the plans are going all over the place. He was teaching me to adjust. He was teaching me to really live out Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? He'll direct your path. God is growing our faith. Sometimes he's doing that by exposing our fear. Think about the disciples on the ship. And here's Jesus going, I got this. He's not just growing our faith, he's growing our love. Look what it says since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Paul had heard about how these people just loved each other and that was something that was growing. I love watching that in our church family. I love watching you serve one another and love one another and sacrifice for one another and give for each other. It's an evidence that God is working in your life. I wonder if you see that in your own life. You know, sometimes we need other people to talk to us because we get so discouraged about our own life. Some of you love other people in this church family by taking your extra time at home to pray for them. And nobody even knows that you're on your knees before God loving people by praying for them. For some of you, it's picking up a meal and signing up for a meal train. For some of you, it was showing up at the park early for the picnic this past Thursday. For some of you, it's just sharing an encouraging word with somebody. You ever, you ever been um, in the middle of the day just prompted to shoot someone a text and say you're thinking of them and praying for them? It's an act of love. You stop your day. You send them a text and say, hey, I don't know why, but, but God's Spirit seems to be leading me to just pray for you, encourage you. Are you doing okay? God is growing you. He's producing fruit in your life, and he's producing a heart of hope. Because of the hope, the Bible says, laid up for you in heaven. We sang, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But doesn't our hope get drawn away to this life? Don't we get hopeful in this earth and the stuff and the experiences and the things that we think will bring us satisfaction? And God just keeps bringing us back to this world is not our home. We're just passing through. There is hope laid up for us beyond here. And God wants to grow that hope. Look over at Colossians 3 with me. Verse 1, Colossians 3, just a page over. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears? then you will also appear with him in glory. Listen, the reason some of us are so discouraged is because this is all we're seeing. Listen, if this is all we're seeing, then we're gonna be plenty discouraged. This world is a mess. From from physical realities to, to the darkness that's in it, like this world is hard. But this world isn't all there is. And some of us who who have died with Christ and who have been raised with Christ, we need God to help us like see that, that we would set our hearts on things above, not on things on this earth. Hope, that's hope. 1 Corinthians 13 echoes some of these words. It says, now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And when we see what God is doing in us, And in other people, it ought to make us thankful. This is a theme that runs all the way through Colossians. And I hope it's even something that helps us as we come to communion together. Look at this. Look at chapter 1, verse 3. We just looked at that. Look at chapter 3. Turn over there. Verse 15. Some of you might not have left chapter 3. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were indeed called in one body, and be what? thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing, like we did this morning, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Look at chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with Thanksgiving, when we rightly understand what God is doing in ourselves and in the world that we live in, it ought to make us thankful. If you see the fruit of your life and it's very negative, it's very critical, it's very skeptical, it's very complaining, it's very discouraged, it's constantly beat down, it's sometimes it looks like Eeyore, you know, woe is me, it's all bad. Listen, if, if that's what's coming out of our hearts, then that's actually telling us something about what's going on. But if we get that God is growing our faith, that he is growing us in love for others, and love for him, and he's filling us with hope, then we're gonna be people who are thankful. And, and that is more and more just like sticking out in our society. Just the last 10 days or so, um, there have been a couple comments. One was from the grocery store that we partnered with for the water bottles. And, uh, when Aaron and I went in and talked to them about that, uh, the grocery store manager on the way out, she just said, she just said, thanks for your smiles. You guys are just so kind and upbeat. I stopped by the park, uh, office on Thursday after kind of a wrap up from our town days. And the parks director was talking about the cleanups that we did. And by the way, trash cleanups, not the most joyous thing. But we did that on the parade route, and then we did it um, after the fireworks. And you know what the parks director said to me, Cheryl? She said, you know what blew me away? That you guys, everyone seemed happy to do it. They did it with joy. That does not minimize at all the mess of this world, but we ought to live above the mess because we have a Savior, and we have a hope and we have an eternity that's laid up for us. It's a deep work that God does. God is not working on the surface of your life. He's working at the heart level. But it's also something other people see, right? Verse 2 says, we've heard about this from you. If you look down at verse 8, it talks about how Epaphras, who had, who had served them and now come back to Paul, had made known to us your love in the Spirit. I think as Christians sometimes we need to tell each other this more often. I just say, hey, thanks for, I just see God's love in you. Man, man, I know how, how much you would have freaked out about that in the past, but I see how your faith is growing. Man, you've got a lot of hard things going on in your life, but I see the hope that God is building in you. It's a deep work, a heart level work. It's a visible work, but it's not just on a personal level that God's word works. The good news of Jesus works. It works globally. Look at verse six which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you. The good news of Jesus works everywhere. It grows everywhere. You say, how can Paul say that? Well, he can say it because God promised it would. Isaiah 55 says that God's word will not return void, but it will accomplish what it has been sent to do. It's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught the parable of the soils, didn't he? That if if God's word goes out and is cast like a seed, is it gonna take root and grow in every place it lands? No, there's there's hard places, there's um, stony places, there's places that are distracted, but when it lands on healthy ground, what will happen? It will grow and it will produce fruit. So Jesus was saying, "Just, just keep spreading the seed and take care of your own heart, that it's good ground. But it's also the experience of Paul. If you have a, um, even just a, a basic Bible with some maps in the back. Anybody have that with you or a study Bible? Anybody got that? Okay. The back of my Bible has a map and the last, or has maps. And the last two maps are the journeys of Paul. And do you know what the last two maps show us? All the known world that Paul was going around. And you know what Paul was seeing everywhere he went? The gospel was working in community after community, after community, people were hearing about Jesus and they were putting their faith in Jesus and it was changing their lives. And so I've got this little, you know, diagram and that's Paul's first and second trips, those little red lines. And then I got another one in the back with his third trip. And here he is going over all the world and you know what he's seeing? Jesus is saving people. Jesus is saving people. Because God's word does that. But it's not just the experience of thousands of years ago It's happening today. Think about the world, right? Where has the good news of Jesus not reached? See, the good news of Jesus isn't some isolated religion that has a hub somewhere and that's basically where it exists. It's gone everywhere. And I started to think about the friends that I know who are around the world, right? I mean, we support um, uh, the Grings in the Congo, right? Which is kind of in the middle of Africa. And uh, the Carpanko's up in Israel, and the Inafuku's on some postage stamp dot out there in the ocean. All over the world. I have, I have a friend who's in Indonesia that I went to college with. Some of you probably know people kind of in all these places. We've gotten to serve God in Indiana and in Colorado and in Utah. And even though that's kind of isolated to the United States, it's a good reminder to me that God is at work all over the place in the whole world. And do you know it's not just out there? It's also right here. The good news of Jesus, it grows and increases and bears fruit in your neighborhood. Yeah, your neighborhood. Yeah, my neighborhood. My neighborhood. I mean, that's why we're so excited and terrified about Saratoga Springs all at the same time. Say, so what's gonna happen? We don't know. We're just trusting the Lord that if we go down there with the good news of Jesus, right, and, 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 and God does what God does always through his word, it'll increase and bear fruit everywhere it goes. We actually believe this. I mean, I don't know if you've kind of caught that this summer. That's why we did the art of neighboring in the spring, so that you would think about your neighborhood and and take on the very difficult task of learning your neighbor's names. Do you know what's been incredibly valuable for us in our neighborhood? And slowly, God has built relationships and opened doors. It was an amazing weekend last weekend with Riverton Town Days. God just did something in our community that's opening doors. Not just so that people can think better of Gospel Hope Church, but so that we can get the truth out into our community. That they can hear about Jesus and have an open heart to people they know, love, and care for them so we can tell them. You say, but it could take years. Yup. It could take decades. Yup. It could be, le- it could be out of my lifetime. Yup. But God's word is increasing and bearing fruit Everywhere it goes. We had a backyard Bible club. There are like 30 kids there. Little lives. Many from here. Some friends from neighborhoods. And most of them could probably sing to you 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. How Christ died, was buried, and rose again to pay for sin. And God's word just keeps on going. Why does God's good news impact us in the world? Go back to Colossians chapter 1. We'll finish with this. Why does God's good news impact us in the world? Well, it doesn't say this directly here, but part of it is this. It's God's news. Romans chapter 1 says, I'm not ashamed of God's gospel. It's the good news from God. It's also the good news of truth and grace. Of this, verse 5 says, you have heard before in the word of truth. Look at the end of verse six. You heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. You know, the good news of Jesus tells us the honest truth about life. It doesn't sugarcoat it. It doesn't make us think life is cheery and perfect. It actually tells us the truth about sin. It tells us what's wrong with the world. It tells us why we're in the mess we're in. And it just keeps talking about us as people again and again, how we just run into sin and we run away from God. It's a message of truth. If you think today that you're basically a good person who can get yourself to heaven, then you don't understand what's true. We're all sinners who can't fix ourselves, who can't ever be good enough for God, and we need to be rescued. We're like drowning people in the ocean who think somehow we can swim 500 miles out of it. And you can swim as far as you want, and you're going to find out that you're dead in the ocean. We're lost, the Bible says. We're blind, we're dead. Blind people don't get unblind. Lost people, for the most part, don't get unlost. Dead people don't get undead. We need a savior. And so God tells us the truth, but then he tells us about his grace, how Christ came to rescue us. That in Christ, we can have forgiveness. That's grace. That's mercy. God's word impacts us because it's truth and grace and it impacts us as we hear it. Did you notice that? The gospel has to be shared and the gospel has to be heard and understood. Verse 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow servant. And when you learned it, verse 6 tells us you heard it and understood it. Can I just ask you, who's going to tell your neighbors about Jesus? Who's going to tell your coworkers about him? Who's going to tell your friends and family? Say, but I don't know how they'll respond. You don't. But you know something. Something. The good news of Jesus is growing and bears fruit. And we know that God is at work reaching people. We almost never know how, but we know he works through his word and he works as people hear and believe. How shall they call on him of whom they have not what? Heard. I told you we had a garden. This is our garden. It's a very extravagant, large, exquisite, multi-road garden. To be fair, there's actually a very small half, um, like barrel off to the side that has tomato plants in it too. And then there's another little planter by our house that had a few strawberries. By the way, strawberry plants, very disappointing. (laughs) We got to plant a lot more of those if we want strawberries. (laughs) Tim is actually holding the, uh, besides the, the lame strawberries, Tim's holding the first fruits of our garden. It's a little yellow squash. Yesterday, we were at home before we were going to go out to, uh, to do something as a family. And Colleen asked Tim something, and it was a very powerful moment. You ever have those moments where your children say something that just, just cuts you to the heart and makes you think about life a little differently? If you know Tim, every single time that Tim prays, he prays that God would give him a baby brother or baby sister every time. It's very cute. We hope God does. In fact, I prayed the other day, and Tim said, um, Dad, while you were praying, I was praying quietly the brother and sister part. So he prays this every single time he prays. And um, Colleen said to him at the end of his prayer, or at the end of praying as we were sitting over lunch, she said, "Um, Tim, What if God doesn't want to give or God chooses not to give you a baby brother or baby sister? I think she was trying to get him to kind of grapple with what if God says no? And and probably trying to adjust his expectations a little bit and And Tim paused. And he thought about it for a sec, as if he never really thought about that possibility. And he's probably prayed this way for a couple years at this point, every time he prays. He paused. He thought about it. And all of a sudden, his eyes opened like he got the answer. And as simply and straightforwardly as a five year old child could, he said, Well, Mom, I guess I'll just keep praying. Here was the heart of faith. And sometimes we lose that with the good news of Jesus. We've shared it, we've prayed we've reached out, and we can't, we haven't picked any fruit yet, or we haven't picked as much as we wish we had, and I think for my heart, and maybe for yours, we just need the reminder that God's word works. The gospel produces something, and maybe just like my son is just going to keep on praying, we just need to keep on sharing, and see what God will do. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. Just as I think of our church family, I think of ways that you have grown faith and love and hope, and we pray you would do it more and more and more, that it would be abounding. It would be like that overgrown plant in the garden that just keeps producing fruit. And God, we pray for your work in the world, not because we need to, because you command us to. We praise you for what you're doing in far-off places that we don't even know. We praise you for people who are trusting Christ even today around the world and right here in Utah. God, we praise you for for churches who are preaching the gospel faithfully today. Places like Lifestone, Gospel Grace, Gospel Peace up in Logan. We pray with anticipation for living hope down in Saratoga. And God, most of all, we pray for our friends and neighbors who are right around us or some who have no interest in any religion at all and some who have been taught a lie, a man-made contraption that is neither true nor gracious. God, would your message of Jesus, would the truth of your Son go out everywhere through us? Would we be like Epaphras who shared with these people at this church about Jesus? God, please forgive us for our discouragement, our defeatedness, our thoughts that maybe, maybe this isn't working here or now or in this relationship. We know your word does its work. So please encourage our hearts. Strengthen us wherever you've called us and whatever you're doing. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.